Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Glad to have you with us for this Wednesday program. Welcome in complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Wednesday edition of the program. Segment one coming up here in just a moment. We have our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news in this opening segment. A couple real important things with IU basketball to get to. First and foremost, the TV designations were released yesterday. Finally, this is as late as I can ever remember the Big Ten Conference releasing this info. I don't know if COVID or television network changes or what the issue was that uh, seemed to force it to be much later than normally, at least uh, a couple weeks or more later than what it normally gets down to us. But we'll go through that, and there's some good news, I think, television uh, designation-wise and game time-wise for the Indiana Hoosiers this year. Also, uh, one of the favorite things of the preseason is the unofficial Official, or I guess it's the official unofficial, let me get that correct, Big Ten media poll. There's really no uh, a media poll with the Big Ten Conference with media days coming up here very soon. Uh, so some Big Ten media have taken it into their own hands to uh, put together a really good poll by some of the top beat writers covering each of the Big Ten Conference schools. And so we'll go through that order of finish according to very respected Big Ten media and uh, preseason All-American team or preseason All-Conference team, I should say. Uh, freshmen as well. We'll take a look at that. Some interesting discussion points coming uh, each and every year from this uh, official, unofficial Big Ten media poll. So we'll discuss that here in just a moment and some other headlines. And then later in the program, I'm going to spend a lot of time today with Dustin Dopirak uh, of the Bloomington Herald Times. He covers the Hoosiers for the Herald Times. We're going to talk IU basketball. We're going to talk about the schedule coming out, the season just around the corner. And we're going to dig into some tough IU football conversations today as well. So we'll do all that here in our Wednesday program. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. All right, let's get into our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We start with IU basketball here on this Wednesday. A couple basketball notes worth mentioning to start off. The Big Ten Conference Tuesday afternoon put out the full slate of tip-off times and broadcast designations for the 14 men's basketball teams in the conference. Uh, For Indiana, I think a pretty good slate of uh, designations. Uh, The good thing, really the first thing I look at is, are there going to be any games that are going to be tough to find on a regular, normal 
television package, whether that's Spectrum, whether that's YouTube TV, whatever is normal for you. Uh, and really the toughest these days to locate, I think, is Big Ten Plus. If it's a game that is not available on normal packages, normal television stations where you've got to have some sort of additional subscription, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's pretty standard with most of the packages in this area uh, that I see available nowadays, whether it's streaming or Spectrum or whatever, AT&T, the Big Ten Network is pretty well widely available if you have any sort of reasonable package. It's Big Ten Plus where you've got to pay the extra monthly fee, which some of you may have done to be able to watch Hoosier Hysteria, which if you're like me and you paid nine ninety five for the month just for the Hoosier Hysteria, I will not log in uh, for Big Ten Plus for anything else on there, at least this month, uh, with no scrimmage. I'm not sure that I got my money's worth for the $10, to be quite honest. But this year on the schedule, I see one potential Big Ten Plus game. Everything else looks like it's on Big Ten Network, and that Big Ten Plus potential game is Northern Illinois on November 12th, and there was a note that uh, it may be on regular Big Ten Network. So there's a chance that every IU game, uh, I think at least, will be very accessible to fans this season. I also thought it was interesting to say or to read in the press release that the school put out, along with the Big Ten designations, that uh, Assembly Hall has had at least one home game shown by one of the four major networks, whether NBC, ABC, CBS, or Fox, every year since 1976. Of course, some years it's been much more than one or even a handful, just depending on uh, IU's uh, stature in college basketball at that time. But I did think that was very interesting. Also, if you look at things as far as the breakdown goes, uh, let's see here, 14 appearances IU slated to have on the Big Ten Network, six on Fox Sports 1, which we know as FS1, and ESPN, ESPN2, or ESPNU. So six games spread out among FS1, ESPN, ESPN2, or ESPNU. And ESPNU can be tricky uh, to get. That that may be the one outlier here as far as the TV designations. Three games on Fox and one appearance on CBS Sports. So, again, overall, pretty well uh, put together designations of television stations where I think fans will be able to check in on those contests pretty easily without a lot of hassle. So that's important to note. Uh, the TV designations, one of the final things to drop Uh, before the actual start of the college basketball season. So that was good to see that finally come out yesterday. And the official, unofficial Big Ten media poll, which is organized by the uh, Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch, who does a great job covering uh, the Ohio State program. Also, Brendan Quinn of The Athletic, they kind of go together to put – I don't know why the Big Ten Conference doesn't have a media poll. I think when I look across – media days for the conferences, which are getting ready to all come up here very soon. Uh, It's pretty standard. They allow the media to vote. They also normally allow the coaches to vote in some sort of predicted order of finish as well. But uh, Indiana seventh in this official, unofficial Big Ten media poll uh, voted on by some of the best, I think, Big Ten beat writers out there across the conference. Seventh is pretty standard with what else we've seen other publications have the Hoosiers at Athlon had Indiana at seventh. They were one of the first ones to come out. Lindy's has IU at number seven as well. Then the Blue Ribbon, I call it the Bible of college basketball. They had IU at number seven when their uh, preseason Big Ten listings were released as well. Michigan, number one. They are by far the early favorite in the Big Ten Conference, almost unanimously. I've seen a few people that think Purdue maybe will edge them out. But again, Michigan 
almost unanimously the favorite to win the Big Ten Conference this year. They're number one in the official, unofficial Big Ten media poll. Purdue is second. Illinois is third. Ohio State fourth. Maryland fifth. And Michigan State sixth. Of course, Indiana seventh. And I'll run the back half off. It's Rutgers, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, Penn State, and Minnesota uh, going all the way down from 1 to uh, 14th in the Hoosier in the uh, Big Ten Conference. So uh, Indiana, number seven. Other things from that official, unofficial Big Ten media poll that I thought were interesting. Uh, of the voters, uh, the beat writers in this uh, poll, this media polling, the highest that Indiana was listed was fifth. There were five writers that had IU fifth. Uh, there were three writers that had IU in the sixth place spot. There were, let's see here, seven writers that had Indiana seventh, and uh, I think eight that had IU eighth. A couple, three had IU ninth, and one had IU tenth in the uh, media poll this year. But when you average those out, Indiana seventh in the official, unofficial Big Ten media poll that was released earlier this morning. Also, according to votes in this same poll, Kofi Coburn of Illinois is the preseason player of the year in the conference. It was not unanimous, though. E.J. Liddell of Ohio State, he received some votes, as did Hunter Dickinson. Trace Jackson Davis, three votes as the Big Ten player of the year. And uh, Trevon Williams of Purdue also had a few votes as well. Michigan's Caleb Houston, he was voted as the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. He received 20 votes. Max Christie, also of of Michigan State, uh, he received seven. And Bryce McGowan's of Nebraska, just one vote for Big Ten uh, Freshman of the Year here in the preseason. And the preseason All-Big Ten team, yes, Trace Jackson Davis is on the team. Although of the five on the All-Big Ten team, he was fifth in votes. Trace had 20 votes. Jade Nivey of Purdue had 21 votes. Hunter Dickinson of Michigan had 25 votes to be on the All-Big Ten team. E.J. Liddell of Ohio State had 26 votes. And Kofi Coburn, of course, led the way with 27 votes. Uh, those are your top five Big Ten players heading into this preseason, according to this poll that was released today. And if you're interested, if you're scoring at home, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall and Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star both uh, were voters, the IU beat writers. Each school has two beat writers that get a chance to vote in this poll. Alex had the Hoosiers eighth, right behind where they averaged out at number seven. And Zach Osterman had IU one spot ahead of the average number seven. He had him at number six in his voting uh, for the official, unofficial Big Ten media poll. So that's fun to look at. Uh, Again, I respect a lot of those guys. Some of those, many of those guys really over the years have come on our program, whether it's to talk IU or to preview some of the IU games. But uh, definitely uh, IU, you can say, right in the middle of the pack, according to the media, uh, all the preseason publications out there, uh, and, of course, the uh, media poll now having IU almost all exactly in the number seven spot for the Big Ten Conference this year. So uh, we'll see if those uh, votes and if those uh, prognostications hold true very soon because, you know what, the college basketball season is here basically in a month, and we're really just a couple months away from the start of the Big Ten Conference when you factor in those early December games, early to mid-December games that will take place where Indiana's got a couple early ones and all the Big Ten Conference teams do. So uh, we'll begin to get an early preview of the conference when we get to that early part of December. Also, got to talk a little baseball. I love the one-game wild card situations. Uh, Enjoyed the Yankees and Red Sox last night. 
Looking forward to the Cardinals and Dodgers tonight. Uh, whoever came up with that idea a number of years ago were one and done. Uh, it just totally changes the complexion of a baseball game. It underscores the importance of early offense and getting some runs on the board, which Boston was able to do last night against New York. But how about this? Uh, Kyle Schwarber, former Hoosier, has a solo home run last night. If you go back and look at this guy's postseason career, what he's done to help Boston get in the postseason, uh, what he's done to help previous teams once he's been in the postseason. He's got an unbelievable run at things, and so it's very fitting for him to have a solo home run last night. He also scored the winning run on Sunday uh, to help Boston secure that spot over the Nationals, a 7-5 win there on Sunday. So he's just been big at everything here late in the season uh, for this uh, Boston team, a new home for Kyle Schwarber, and we'll get to see him and the Red Sox continue on in the playoffs a little later this week after their win uh, last night over the Yankees in a wild card one-game and done situation. A couple other headlines I want to mention here early on. Uh, the IU women, we're going to have to talk a little bit more about the IU women, the basketball team this season. Uh, they are considered to be a top 10 team in college basketball. In fact, they were number eight in the ESPN or number eight in the NCAA.com preseason poll on the NCAA's website, number seven in the ESPN's way too early top 25 for women's college basketball. And they're going to have more than a dozen of their games available on national television. So after making the Elite Eight last season, lots of players back. There is a lot of hope for this IU women's team this upcoming season, and they continue to get a lot of preseason love as well. And one other note, it's great to see NBA basketball back. On Monday, we saw Romeo Langford hit the game winner for the Celtics, which we spoke with Jim Shannon, his high school coach, about yesterday on the show. Uh, bad news last night for a former IU player, Cody Zeller, making his debut in the Western Conference as a Portland Trailblazer. He was hurt with a potential broken nose. That's the latest update I've seen on Cody Zeller. So a tough start for him in his first game out for the Trailblazers in the NBA preseason. That's a look at the headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. The headlines brought to you each day by Zaxby's. And a reminder as we head to break and get ready for an extended segment with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times on IU basketball and football. You can send in your questions and comments to the show. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and their delicious donuts. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dustin. We'll dig into IU basketball coming out of Hoosier Hysteria. Preseason content galore right now for college hoops. We're going to talk about college hoops in the Big Ten Conference as a whole, and we'll get into IU football, a bye week for the Hoosiers, but a tough time right now for this IU football program after getting swept uh, 24-0 on Saturday night at Penn State. Uh, they need to rest. They need to get healthy. This has been a tough go of it for Tom Allen and his IU football team. We'll talk about the quarterback situation. We'll talk about much more around IU football with Dustin after the break. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Send in your questions and comments for Dustin Dopierak on IU basketball and football in this segment. And, Dustin, I, I do want to start with basketball. The TV designations, many of the tip times released yesterday by the Big Ten Conference, seemed a little later than normal, but nonetheless we'll take them because that release means the season is even closer now really just weeks away. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is odd to only know what's going on exactly with uh, when, when practice has already you know, formally begun and we're uh, looking at Big Ten Media Day uh, coming up in Indianapolis here starting on Thursday. Um, but, but yeah, no, now you can actually look and you know, start to schedule things and think about, okay, when, when is this going to be? When is that going to be? What's this look like? Where is this game going to be on? Uh, but, no, a very you know, in, interesting. And I thought uh, you know, they get a CBS game. They've still got several on ESPN, a bunch on Fox and FS1. Um, you know, time seemed to generally make sense. I think, uh, it's, you know, it's overall, I think an interesting schedule. We talked obviously about the, the sort of non-conference, um, you know, philosophy before and, and, you know, works out, uh, you know, the, I think the conference schedule worked out reasonably well. There's nothing, um, there that you say, man, that that's really unfair. And, uh, yeah, you're getting to the point that, uh, very close to it, you know, a little bit over a month and, uh, you'll be watching basketball games that actually count. You know, when the TV designations come out, other than reminding you that the season is really close, it's not that big of news, but I think the one thing I look at and I hear from fans that they pay attention to is how accessible are the games going to be to get on television? And it wasn't that many years ago where even with all the t- TV stations and streaming platforms and opportunities to watch college hoops, that at times it was tough to get certain IU games, especially in the non-conference season. But as I look at the designations for this year, and I mentioned this in the first segment today, I see only one that at least tentatively is listed as a Big Ten Plus game, which would require an additional subscription online with the Big Ten Network. But overall, a Mm -hmm. fairly accessible schedule, it looks like, as far as fans of all ages that want to watch games at home in the comfort of their own house on television. And that wasn't always the case for IU fans. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the, the thing that stands out that you, you're seeing now and, and have seen the last couple of years that you didn't necessarily see before is really Fox getting into the game. I mean, that, that's just, just adding another outlet, add, adding another network uh, that's part of the discussion makes a big deal. I mean, for, for a while it was, you know, CBS on the, on the weekends, you know, the, the big, you know, big Saturday, Sunday afternoon games. Uh, you know, ESPN throughout the week, and then you had the conference networks. Um, so, you know, now adding, you know, Fox and FS1, it, it leaves open for uh, a lot of games, a lot more windows, uh, basically, that, that, that several conferences can take advantage of. Obviously, you see, um, you know, the Big East has a bunch of games on Fox and FS1 as well. Um, so, you know, you, you end up getting to access a bunch of Butler games that you didn't used to be able to see. Uh, you know, that, that's a really significant thing. You used to have to go on, on local network, uh, you know, you know, I don't sound local cable access, but a very local. It was I can't remember which channel it was. You'd see a bunch of Butler games. Now those are on FS1 uh, as well. I think FS2 even. Um, 
you know, just that, that expansion makes a big difference. Obviously, it, it helps to have the Big Ten Network to start with. That gets you most of the way there. Um, but uh, having th- that outlet and those windows uh, makes a big difference. He's going to get a lot more teams on. And, and, and again, it, you know, not just for Indiana, but for so many programs. And there's just so much basketball that you can watch uh, in a given weekend if, if you're going across all the channels. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Dustin, earlier today, the official unofficial media poll came out by Brendan Quinn of the Athletics and, and Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch. Zach Osterman, your partner uh, in crime with the uh, Indy Star and also <clears throat> Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, both our regular guests on this program. They were voters in that media poll, which I never have really understood why the Big Ten doesn't have a preseason media poll. I think almost every other high major conference does. But nonetheless, Indiana was seventh in that poll. And before we break that poll down, that voting down uh, by some of our local beat writers and, and Big Ten beat writers, across the country uh indiana if you take the opinion of media whether that's preseason publications other way too early rankings that have been out over the course of the last few months and most recently today's media poll indiana squarely right about midway through the conference at number seven their projected finish by so many different outlets out there yeah no i mean i think that that's where i would have put him as well um Zach didn't consult me. I'm kind of bummed about it. You know, I feel a little <laughs> bit missed. So I just want to want to put that out there just so he's listening. Uh, but no, I, I think I mean that that is probably where I would have put him. In. It, it, it makes sense. I mean, I think you you see that there's clearly enough talent that I think they look uh, like a tournament team. But you you see, I think a, a little bit more uh, of complete rosters from uh, the teams that generally win the Big Ten and teams seem to be uh, higher up in it there. I mean, I think um, you actually had uh, Michigan and Purdue had the same amount of points, and that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, those two I think are going to be very interesting. Purdue I think is obviously the more established group uh, with a bunch of guys who have done it before. You know, Michigan obviously brings back Dickinson and is bringing in a lot of, uh, you know, several McDonald's All-Americans uh, that Jawan Howard recruited. So it makes sense to put those two up one and two. Um, you know, really after that, I mean, I, I, it's a little bit wide open. I, mean, I think Illinois and Ohio State have a couple more established pieces. You know, Illinois with Curbelo and especially Kofi Coburn, Ohio State with E.J. Liddell. Um, that's going to that obviously I think carried them in a lot of people's minds and some other you know key pieces you know Kyle Young I think and um, you know some of those other guys uh, and Maryland and Michigan fit I think are just getting a little bit of benefit of the doubt because they're, they're they've been more successful recently and you generally just give credence uh, to Tom Izzo you just do um, basically when, when when all else fails when you've got a tie and you're, you're saying okay who do I think is going to do better uh, you ultimately pick Izzo just based on track record. Um, so with all that considered, and then, then the losses that you know Rutgers and Iowa and Wisconsin have had, and just the fact that, that Nebraska, Northwestern, Penn State, and Minnesota just don't seem to be there, uh, Indiana seems to make sense right squarely in the middle of the pack. You know, obviously they've got an All-American and a first-team All-Big Ten guy uh, that's going to be able to carry them in Jackson Davis, um, and then after that you've got a lot of you know interesting pieces and but and some guys though that have produced in other places that have given you what it seems this team needs. You know, with Parker Stewart, Miller Cop, Xavier Johnson. You know, those guys ultimately seem to at least fit the obvious holes that you have um, from looking at their past track records and their pedigrees. So it, it, it makes sense if you're a voter and you're looking at that and you're saying, yeah, you know, seven seems about right. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, uh, Michigan and Purdue continue to be at the top. Uh, almost unanimous Michigan is as the favorite 
in the Big Ten Conference this year. Uh, if you're filling out a, uh, a a betting ticket, or or you're going to make your mm-hmm. your prediction in one of these preseason uh, predicted orders of finish, are you confident that Michigan is as good as what some people think? There also have been lots and lots of praise about Purdue and what they could accomplish this season. How much confidence do you have in both of those teams that are clearly, according to media and so many others, at the top of the conference? I mean, a lot from the sense of what are they going to do in the season. I mean, like, you know, the tournament is the tournament. Um, you know, anything can happen, and I'm, I'm still really surprised that Purdue went down in the first round of North Texas like they did last year. Um, so, I mean, anything could, could go wrong, you know, once you get in there. But as far as getting there, posting the 27, 28, 29 wins, whatever it takes to, you know, win the Big Ten or be right around there or, or those two teams we wanted to uh, I'm pretty confident that those two teams are, are the ones that make sense. I mean, I'd be really surprised if Purdue isn't excellent. Um, you know, just considering you know all of the proven guys they have, um, you know, and, and obviously they bring in two really good recruits, and Trey Kaufman Ren and, and Caleb First, and those guys don't have to do a lot. I mean, they're they're going to have opportunities to contribute. They're going to have opportunities to add to what they've got uh, going in the front court, but they're they're not necessarily going to be needed. Um, you know, maybe more early than later. I know Mason Gillis is going to miss some time. I guess he had a, I think it's an OWI charge. I think he's suspended for. Um, but when he gets back going, obviously you, you imagine he'll get back to playing his normal position and being his normal self. And you throw, you know, just again, there's just all that experience. I mean, like the, the um, I'll, I'll be interested to see how much they try to play Williams and Edie together. Matt Painter has, has mentioned that, told Brennan Quinn that uh, in an interview he did, um, you know, within the last month. Um, so I'll be interested to see if they can pull that off because they tried it with Harms and Tra- Travion Williams and it didn't work. Um, but uh, all, all the same, I mean, that, those are just two just phenomenal centers uh, to start your, your your team with. And then you've got Jaden Ivey, who, you know, could easily be Big Ten player of the year, might, is probably the best guard in the league. Um, and you know, or probably just the best perimeter in the player in the league. And then you've got shooters and Stefanovic and Brandon Newman, uh, you know, experienced uh, guards, you know, again, with Stefanovic, but also Eric Hunter. Um, and there's just a lot of pieces uh, that, that work together really well. And I, 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 there's nothing that Purdue is missing, um, basically. Again, things can go wrong. You can catch a bad break, um, you know, especially in a single elimination tournament. You've seen, you know, phenomenally talented teams get beat before they were supposed to. Um, but I'd be really surprised if Purdue doesn't put themselves in a really good position when they get to the tournament. Uh, and, and, and you just kind of trust Juwan Howard at this point when it comes to Michigan. I mean, one, you start with a guy like Dickinson, and I, I, you end up sort of less impressed with him just because there are so many good centers in the Big Ten. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean we, I don't, it's been a long time since we've seen something like this. Um, I mean, Big Ten, basically four of its best five players are centers. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, you know, I mean, like last year, almost every, you know, four of the five um, all Big Ten, you know, first teamers were, were centers, and most of those guys were all Americans, uh, you know, whether it was first, second, or third team. I mean, that, that's crazy. So, you, like, Dickinson, in a way, got, you know, sort of um, pushed to the side, you know, with Garza and Coburn and Jackson Davis and Williams and all, all these guys. Uh, but Dickinson's really, really good. And, you know, you still have a guy like Eli Brooks. They, they lost some key pieces. But man, they got some loaded. They got a loaded freshman class. Um, so you know, I'd just be surprised if that group's not really good. Uh, I, I think Illinois will be good after that, um, but I would just be surprised if they're on that level. Talking IU and Big Ten basketball with Dustin Dopirak. Okay, Michigan one, uh, Purdue two, uh, Illinois three. I agree with those. Ohio State very likely, I think fourth. That makes sense for them in the preseason. But when you talk about Maryland and Michigan State ahead of Indiana. Uh, I can see Indiana surprising some people. In fact, I think Indiana could be considered a sleeper in the Big Ten Conference. And I had a question come into the Thornton's text line from A. Wren. 
He said, this is more of an opinion than a question, but he feels IU basketball is being underestimated. Dustin, I'm curious, do you agree with that? And do you agree with my opinion that IU could maybe be a sleeper behind those big four in the Big Ten this season? Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree with that, but in the same sense. I mean, you know, I'll be honest in terms of how we fill these things out. You know, like when it comes to media stuff, like it is not our, you know, number one, it's not our top priority. And our goal, I think if you ever fill one of these pools, is just not to look really stupid, <laughs> basically. Like it's, it's okay if someone that surprises everybody also surprises you. Like you don't have, like you don't, there's no point in stepping out any limbs. We don't get, you know, this isn't, you know, this is kind of just something we do for fun. Um, and, to, you know, it gives each other content. We help each other out. Um, but we don't presume that we're going to be 100% right. We're sure somebody's going to surprise us. But what you end up doing in that case is, is you end up being risk-averse. You, you don't necessarily you know, put your chips in on somebody and say, like, I'm going to go out on this one and say this team is going to be great. And when they underperform, you look like an idiot. <laughs> you know, you know, you'd just rather not do that because there's, there's not much to be gained from it. We're not putting any money on this. Um, so, but it, there, it's perfectly possible that, that, if, that if you're picking, you know, if you find some, you know, uh, some bookie to take your bet that Indiana's going to, you know, fit, uh, place in the top five as opposed to the top seven, yeah, you could absolutely win that bet. It's totally likely it probably gets some pretty good on, odds on it and it'll work out for you. Um, but I mean, it's being underestimated because there, there's coaching change and they don't know how they're going to play. I mean, they know how they're going to play, but you know, they don't. Um, you know, they're still figuring out what they're going to look like. No one's ever seen these pieces work together. I mean, there's just a lot of unknowns. So you're ultimately just not going to put a ton of faith in them. But I think, I mean, honestly, uh, seventh is pretty good considering. I mean, you know, they, they didn't make the tournament last year. Uh, didn't, you know, uh, obviously there wasn't a tournament the year before that, and they were going to make it, but they, you know, two, you know, two years before that, they didn't make it. Um, so you've seen some under, underperforming Indiana teams. And so, yeah, your first, you know, glance thought is, let me see what a Mike Woodson team looks like before I put any, any level of faith in them. Um, so that's, I think, where it is right now. And I, I think that's sort of generally the case when it comes to a coaching change. You're, you're not, you, you, you don't bank anything. No, nobody's going to, you know, sort of risk overrating uh, a program that's going through a coaching change when it's not like an obvious handoff. You know, where like it's going to be for Duke with Schreier and that it is for uh, North Carolina with Hubert Davis. When it's a situation of you've got a brand new guy, brand new system, you know, uh, overhaul in um, overhaul in players. Even if they get a bunch of good transfers and it, it changes the roster and it looks pretty good, you're, you're you're going to be you know sort of cautious, I guess, with with the way that you rank them. So so this doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, Maryland and Michigan State have a better recent track record. Um, you know, and and they've got a lot of unknowns too. And Michigan State obviously loses Aaron Henry, loses Rocket Watts. They're going to be a much different team. You know, they're going to be banking on some transfers. They're obviously going to be hoping Max Christie turns into something special uh, immediately. Um, so that's kind of what they're banking on, but you, you, you know, basically, uh, you know, ties go to the more experienced coach and, and, you know, so Ty goes to Tom Izzo there, uh, and Ty goes to Maryland, even though Maryland is a little bit, you know, shaky and certainly you've seen them, uh, have disappointing, uh, tournament finishes at, at, at times, but, you know, uh, like they got some key transfers and, you know, Mark Turgeon at least has a stable program. Uh, at this point. So ultimately, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt there. Indiana's not going to get the benefit of the doubt until you've at least seen a season with Mike Woodson and know, know what it looks like. Um, so that's how it's going to go. So you can actually absolutely say, you know, they're, they're being um, a, a little bit underrated, but you're going to underrate a team with a new coach, uh, especially one that has never coached in college basketball, and you don't know what, what that's all ultimately going to look like. Um, you, you can, you know, extrapolate and say, well, he's an NBA coach. He won there. You know, look at this transfer. This guy seems to fit this role. 
but you don't know until you see it. So you're going to be a little bit cautious, and you're probably going to put them down a couple of rungs uh, before you see them actually win some basketball games. And Dustin, kind of following up on what you said a moment ago, someone I know and trust very well said, Matt, I uh, love the discussion about the Big Ten and IU for next season, but this official, unofficial media poll, not one single team placed where the uh, poll uh, had them last season. So I think it's a reminder that even though these are all respected beat writers, uh, we all have opinions, and sometimes they work out, sometimes mm. they don't. So uh, obviously changes yeah. are possible. <laughs> Indiana's yeah. not locked into a seventh-place conference no. finish. That's That we know based on the, the historic, his, history of this poll. So. Yeah, no, sure, absolutely. I mean, I know most of these guys, <laughs> you know, and, and women that are part of this pool. Like, I know everybody who votes in this. And ultimately, what you I mean, you're, you're locked into the team that you're covering. And you might also be locked into the football team that you're covering. So it's one of those things where you're like, oh, wait, who do they have? And, you know, you're thinking of everybody else and like you're, you're kind of reconsidering, OK, what do I know about this guy? And you're not seeing these, you know, we're not seeing even the teams that we cover uh, work out and see, you know, things that might have changed, leaps that guys might have made. Um, and you end up sort of overrating the team that you cover because they, you know, you're hearing about it at least, you know, somewhat regularly about the, okay, well, this guy's making this improvement, that guy's making that improvement, but like, you're not going to, you know, I'm not going to Maryland's practices or Michigan State's practices and, and hearing, you know, how happy is always Bleak Hall or something like that. Um, so ultimately, you know, we're all just guessing and, and it's a, you know, it's a fun thing to do, but no, you know, we're not banking our, um, reputations on what we guess. You know, that's ultimately not the point of it. I mean, every, again, everybody's just locked into who they're writing about um, and less locked into what everybody else is doing. So they're, they're you know, a lot of times going to give a little bit more credence to uh, the team that they cover, not because they're fans, because they're not, um, but because that's who they're hearing from, um, basically. And they're, they're not, you know, seeing the same amount of stuff come out about the other programs in the league. You read stuff, you try to keep up on it, but ultimately you've got to keep on keep up on the programs that you're covering. That's, that's your job. That's a more important thing. So you're not always going to be, you know, locked down this. And, and so, yeah, a lot of times we end up way wrong. And, and there are a lot of times there's things happen that we could never predict. Somebody ends up way better than you thought they were going to be. Somebody struggles in ways you didn't think they would. Um, sometimes the ball just don't bounce right. Sometimes guys get ACL tears and, you know, change the entire thing. Um, so, yeah, no, it's a guess. <laughs> it's a guess. It's worth talking about. I mean, I, I'm not sure of all that this is definitely going to how it's going to work out. Um, but it is, you know, the poll is pretty close to probably what I would, put, would have put down. But, I mean, you know, you know every year that you're almost definitely going to be wrong. And, Dustin, some of those very things you just said is why I consider IU potentially a sleeper and the team that could potentially finish mm-hmm. higher than seventh because you talk about, you know, injuries or things that could happen to other teams. When you look at Indiana, you know, Xavier Johnson coming in at the guard position, Tamar Bates especially as a freshman, mm-hmm. just, a, cu- just yeah. a couple of the players that, I mean, I could see those guys being really good this year. I mean, you know, potential to be really good right out of the gate for Indiana, uh, even Bates as a mm-hmm. freshman because of what he's been as a prospect in high school. So if those guys blossom early, uh, those are the kind of things that make these polls go awry, I think. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the thing is, is like, it, it, and that's it's that's what's fascinating about any sport is you just don't know what's going to happen when it hits the air. You know, and I mean it's like a, a you know a chemical reaction. You just don't know what's going to happen until it hits the air, until it's out there, uh, until it's in the world, and it starts seeing real. You know, you start seeing real basketball teams. And shoot, I mean, you know, what we were doing a month ago, we were talking about how good Indiana could be. Is ten and two possible when it comes to football? Um, and obviously, you know, things change real fast. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about guys that are going to be really key, really important. And all of a sudden, you know, DJ Matthews has an ACL tear. And it's, you know, they, then, then that changes things. And Michael Penick struggles, and then he's got a, a separated AC joint, and now it's a different season. Um, so it could totally be out there. I mean, we, we could, I mean, we could absolutely be talking about, 
you know, Tamar Bates is, uh, you know, a, a, you know, all Big Ten rookie guy or, or Big Ten rookie of the year type guy. I mean, he is a top 25, um, you know, recruit, you know, guy that, that, that ticked into the, into the five-star rankings. I mean, you could be thinking about him as one of the best players in the league um, in the not-too-distant future. You could also be looking at him and, you know, there's also the flip side of it that you thought maybe Christian Lander was going to be something like that as well because, I mean, he was a guy of the same form of ranking. Um, and it didn't, didn't go quite as well. You know, once he actually got into games, I mean, it just wasn't as smooth a transition. Obviously there's more factors there, him being, uh, a guy who, you know, graduated a year early, reclassed and everything like that. And it changes things. But I mean, they seem to be really, really high on Bates. And I, and I do think that, uh, he's going to be able to make more of an impact early. So now is he going to be a starter that gives you 15 a game? Uh, you know, 15, 16, 17 points a game, or is he going to be, you know, a really good bench guy who gives you really good defensive minutes and, and the occasional burst? Um, you know, I, I think that's sort of uh, more, you know, kind of the floor for him. I'd, I'd be really surprised if he's not a, a rotation guy um, for this team, and that, that's not going to make a di- that's going to make a difference. You know, again, is he going to be a starter? And he's, is he going to be, you know, like I think he has the potential to be your best scorer. You know, it, it's it's totally possible that he's that he's your real three level guy. Uh, that they can get it any any way that you want it. They can get to the rim. They can shoot from three and can hit from the mid range. He might be that guy. He might you know basically slide into doing the same kind of things that Armand Franklin was doing a year ago, um, or he could be a bench guy that just gives you pop off of there. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to make a big a big explosion, but I don't know where exactly. Dustin so, yeah. Do, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Good stuff on. IU in the Big Ten Conference, very intriguing IU roster. And, of course, I know everyone mm-hmm. excited about Mike Woodson in the upcoming season, but just hearing you talk about some of those players and, and thoughts I have about you know the potential for some of these guys, I just don't know exactly what to expect. And there's a lot of excitement in many mm-hmm. ways that comes along with that. So going to be fun for college hoops to be here, and it will be here before you know it. Dustin, I want to get to a couple quick football things before we let you go, obviously a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of negativity this week surrounding IU football. I've heard from some fans, right. and because of the bye mm-hmm. week, it gives more time for reflection from media. I've read a number of opinion pieces and columns this week about what's wrong with this team and, and what's happened to IU football from last season to this and what's going on with Michael Penix. So plenty to get to. I'm curious, IU seems even this far into the season – to really not have an identity. That's what I keep going back to when I think about the struggles mm-hmm. of IU football so far. And a year ago, uh, they were a very clear-cut team on what they accomplished and what they were able to do and what they were strong at. Uh, that just doesn't seem to be the same as last season so far. Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't. And and, and they're just – yeah, it starts there just figuring out, okay, what, what can you do? What can you rely on? And they haven't found anything. Um, at this point, especially on offense. I mean, I think defense, defensively, they've been okay. Um, they, they just haven't, you know, they, they've needed basically because the offense has been so shaky, they've needed the defense to be overwhelmingly good and take the ball back. And, and you just can't count on that. You know, it's one of those things like you can, you can force it, you can push it as much as you want to, but ultimately the other guy's got to make a mistake. You know, the other guy's got to make a mistake to give you the ball back. You know, the guy's got to, you know, have it knocked out of his hands. The guy's got to throw the ball to you. Uh, or, or in your direction. I mean, like, yeah, you can make a play on the ball, but ultimately some, someone has to make a mistake to give you the football, and you can only count on that to some extent. You can push them in a lot of positions to make mistakes, but if they ultimately don't make them, then you don't get turnovers. Um, so that's that's a tough position to be in, is they just haven't been able to flip the field too much, and even when they did on Saturday night, um, they didn't get any points out of it. You know, Raheem Lane got an interception deep in Penn State territory, and that didn't turn into any points. Um, so, you know, obviously they didn't get the, the fourth and short there. So, 
that's that's kind of the key issue. I mean, they've got a defensive team that's good enough to get them by, um, but offensively, they just they just haven't been able to find anything they could they could consistently go to. Um, you know, it, but it, it starts up front. They haven't been able to block anything well enough. I mean, they've they've been able, you know they've been able to run the ball just okay. They haven't been able to really rely on it from time to time. They can get some chunks, but I mean, I think they they you know going into the final drive. You know, when the game was already decided last night, they only had about 20, 29, or 39 rushing yards. Um, so that's not going to do it. And obviously, they haven't protected Michael Penix well enough to really give him uh, any great opportunities, and he, and he hasn't been good even when he's had time. Um, and so now you find yourself in a position, you know, with him dealing with this uh, separated shoulder. I mean, it doesn't require surgery, but I would be surprised if it doesn't require at least a couple weeks, um, a couple games uh, for him to miss. I'd be really surprised if he's able to, to go from separating your throwing shoulder uh, on October 2nd and be in a game on October 16th. So you have to kind of figure out, okay, who are you with Jack Tuttle, a quarterback? Um, how are you different? What's, what's, what can you do that you haven't done? And what, what have you done that you can't do anymore? Um, that uh, that I think is going to be sort of, uh, one of the interesting questions that they face going forward is figuring out what what do you do with Tuttle. Um, but yeah, no, I mean they haven't been able to, they haven't been able to reliably throw the ball. They haven't been able to reliably run the ball. And if you can't, you know, obviously you can't do either one of those things. I mean they're not getting enough. Um, you know, I think you know Ty Frogel's had some drops issues. He's at least producing. Um, you know, he's not catching any everything, but he's at least getting open enough uh, that that he's making some plays. Peyton Hendershot, I think, has probably been the best guy, the most you know kind of. Uh, complete, consistent guy on the offense, not getting enough out of the rest of the wide, wide receiving core. You know, again, just not running the ball well enough to make up up for it. You lose Tim Baldwin, so you're now down down on running back depth. Um, so they're just in a tough spot, and they, you know, obviously just taking this bye week to sort of reconsider everything that they're doing, and um, you know, just re, you know, recommit to a game plan. They're not they're not play calling particularly well either. It doesn't seem like uh, it, it does seem like they're running themselves into some bad plays, um, basically. Um, so, you know, ultimately a, a lot needs to get fixed. They're, they're fortunate to have two weeks to do it, um, to get right. And the schedule is going to ease up a little, but, um, it not as much as you would have thought. Michigan and Michigan State are significantly better than I think teams, uh, people expect them to be, certainly than I expected them to be, um, when the season started. So it, it is a different ball game for them going forward with it than they were expecting. Um, and they've got to get a lot right and they've got to get it right now. Dustin, before we let you go, I want to squeeze one more question in. This comes from Brad on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Ask Dustin what he thinks about backup QB Donovan McCauley and how he may or may not play into the rotation now that Penix is likely out. I mean, McCauley's really impressive, but he is a true freshman. Um, you know, he's brand new, um, and so that's the thing, you know, you're always sort of cautious about that and saying, okay, you know, what, basically, how is he going to be? I mean, like the, the game's got to be, if you throw him into a game, the game is going to come at him really, really fast. Uh, and it is going to look like, you know, if you put him into play right now, I imagine he'd be, he'd look like a total mess. You would, you would think he doesn't have anything going for him, but really good athlete, really good arm. You know, we, we got to see a bunch of him in the camp. I mean, and the, the coaches love him. Uh, they're really excited about the opportunity they have, but he is a true freshman and he didn't get into, uh, he didn't do spring either. So it's not like he's, he's got that sort of advancement. He stuck, you know, I, I think he, uh, you know, just joined up in July. So he hasn't had that much time to get used to just the concept of college football. I, so do I see him being, in the rotation, not unless it's totally necessary. Uh, you know, obviously what he would give you that Tuttle doesn't quite, Tuttle can move the ball a little bit. I mean, you saw him, uh, make a pretty, you know, good decisive run, a couple good decisive runs, uh, the other night. He's not a non-athlete. He can move around the pocket and, and he can, you know, find a hole and run through it. But McCauley's going to be the better athlete. McCauley's the guy that, that it's going to be able to pick up bunches of yards and be a weapon with his legs. So if you're looking at a situation where you're saying, okay, we need that. 
that's critical. Um, and that you know you, you need somebody that's going to be able to you know avoid the rush and also you know just dash somebody uh, with the flex. McCauley's a better option, and if you think that that's something that you need, that, that makes you a whole lot better, and it's worth potentially burning the red shirt. Um, then it's something they're, they're probably going to think about. Obviously, there's a little bit of leeway there now these days with the rules being changed. Um, so, you know, that's it'll be interesting to, to see if, if, if he's any part of it at all. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't say you're, you're not going to be in a situation where it's going to be like Tuttle one drive and McCulley one drive. It's, you know, as long as Penix is out, it's Tuttle's job. And maybe you could think about using McCulley in a sort of um, – gadget situation if, if you think that's really necessary and if you think that can really help you um but you're going to have to ask yourself some questions about that about in, in you know in terms of what it might cost you uh down the line um but long term i think he's a really good option uh, i think they're they're really pleased with what they've seen in so far I, I would go so far as i think they, they think he's further along than they probably would have expected uh at this point i mean you you take a look at him when you see him in practice and it, and it does you know really stand out he's got like a, a pretty college-ready body um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're big fans of Donovan McCauley. He looks really good for, I think the future of the program, but it's just like, I don't know that, uh, you want to thrust the true, true freshman in the situation at this point, especially because at this point he's getting third team reps, you know, it's not the same. I mean, you're, you're mixing, you're mixing Penix, uh, and Tuttle in with the, with the first and second team. You generally don't mix a third team guy in that much. Um, so he's only had probably has not had much time to work with the first team guys. Um, you know, it, it would be pushing it to try to get him involved. Um, he'll get a little bit more of these two weeks, but you know he's still got a long way to go just because he's that young. Yeah, no question. Dustin Dopirak, Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin, always enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much for being with us here on this Wednesday program. We'll catch up with you soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. We got a real quick commercial break coming up. We're back with a couple notes on high school football for Friday night and a top in-state player announced recently he's going to leave the state and head to prep school. That's next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools and never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back with you. Final quick segment here on this Wednesday program. A look at high school football on Friday night. New Albany goes to Seymour. Big Hoosier Hills Conference game for both teams. Could the Bulldogs win the Hoosier Hills Conference? They're going to have to beat Seymour this week and then close the regular season a week from now against Floyd Central, a rivalry game at home to see if New Albany can get an accomplishment that just doesn't happen often when it comes to New Albany football. Columbus East is at Jeffersonville. Jennings County is at Floyd Central. Big one on Friday night in the Mid-Southern Conference as well. Silver Creek at Brownstown. That very likely is the conference championship game. Providence looks to continue with another victory at Cordon on Friday. Charlestown as well. They've won five in a row. They will host Salem 
and Rock Creek will host Edinburgh as well. Clarksville actually plays on Saturday against South Central of Union Mills. That game will be played up in Noblesville on Saturday afternoon. One final note before we wrap up today, Jalen Hooks, who was getting some interest from Indiana in the class of 2023. He's a six foot seven forward from Crispus Attucks High School in Indianapolis, is transferring to a new private school in California called Donda Academy, located in Simi Valley. It's actually funded by Kanye West. Hooks, a four-star player, ranked in the top 70 in his class nationally by 247 Sports, leaving the state of Indiana for prep school. I just hate to see that. That's going to wrap up our Wednesday show. Back with you Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.